This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The Wood Brothers are among the legends honored here at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Glenn and Leonard Wood started their team back in 1950. Nearly 70 years later, it's still going strong, with Ryan Blaney taking the historic 21 car into a new era. I haven't seen any of them guys karaoke before. I do sometimes. I Ryan Blaney will score his first career win. <laughs> Woo! I'm sorry you can't talk, bro, but I'm so proud of you today. Definitely drink a wine cooler. Newest member of Team Penske, 100%. Hi, everyone, and welcome into the Hall of Honor here at the NASCAR <laughs> Hall of Fame. I'm Kelly Stavis, alongside our very special guest, Ryan Blaney, and, of course, Jeff Burton and Kyle Petty, as always. And, Ryan, i got to say, it's too bad with all this cup driving. I haven't had any time to have a little fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've, uh, you definitely got to turn down the fun knob when you're running every weekend but uh <laughs> we still have time to to have some fun you know whether it's at the racetrack or at home so you always got to find time for that it's not not all work you got to have a little bit of play to have fun with it too yeah have you been getting other requests from fans in the infield to come you know dive into their inflatable pool i have but daytona is really the only track that has inflatable pools yeah. really I, I haven't seen any other ones or else i'd do it but uh, that was a pretty fun experience that was a great uh, great group of people we met in daytona uh, with rutledge and i so that was, uh, that was a lot of fun, and maybe I'll get to do that again sometime. Yeah, Talladega's coming up. I think they yeah. fill their pools with something else, so, yeah. so don't dive into them. Yeah, no, I'll, okay. I'll watch Mouth that. Closed. Yeah, watch yeah. that one. I was going to say, that's not like a call to arms for all those in the infields of future racetracks is get some swimming pools. Yeah, right, right. But it's got to be important, right, to have a bit of balance because you guys are so busy and those schedules are so hectic that you gotta you got to let loose every now and then. Yeah, you got to balance, you know. I, you know, at the same time, like I said, we're having fun out here, but it's our job, too. And, and you know, you guys know this. Of you got to learn when to put your game face on and when to be serious about it and, and go try to win the race. Uh, but the sport was built on having fun at yeah. the racetrack and see who can go the fastest. And, uh, you know, it's changed over the years, obviously. But uh, I think if you can balance those two out, I feel like that's the right way to do it. All right. So last week we got the big news about you, of course, moving over to Team Penske. But... More big news today involving another driver for 2018 that broke just today. And according to Nate Ryan, Stuart Haas Racing 
will not pick up the option on Daytona 500 champion Kurt Busch's contract for the 2018 season. The team had until midnight tonight to do so. Busch joins Matt Kenseth as former Cup Series champion without a ride for next year. NBC Sports reached out to Stuart Haas Racing. The organization declined to comment. However, Stuart Haas also had this response on Twitter. We don't comment on contract status, but we expect Kurt Busch back in our Monster Energy Haas Automation Ford in 18, just saying. So, you guys, when you hear this news, it's a little bit different from what we heard with Matt Kenseth, where he said it is not an option to come back to Joe Gibbs Racing. It sounds like the door is still open there for Kurt. Yeah, I mean, I hate to speculate, but we really yeah. don't have much of a choice. So, just from my experience, you know, typically when you have a contract renewal, the, the terms are already in the contract, and so if the if the team wants to to you know get renew your, you, they have the right to do that. So uh, if they do, then there's terms in that contract, and they say, okay, this is what you're supposed to do next year. This is what we agree to. It sounds like to me that the team has just said, hey, look, we we want Kurt because based on that text, you know, we want Kurt yeah. back, but for some reason they can't pull the trigger right now. That's whether that's not understanding where the sponsor is, whether yes. that's not understanding something. So. It sounds like to me that they could still work this out. And, and uh, you know, Kurt's done a good job there. They've been successful, yeah. won a Daytona 500. I know they want to do more, but they've done pretty well. So I wouldn't shut the door just yet. But the one thing I do find a little odd about this is that we heard about it. Yeah. You know, like it, hearing about it tells me that there's something that's not exactly right. Because if everybody wanted to just work it out, yeah. it would be a little easier to work it out without us knowing about it. Yeah. Right. I don't like to comment on things like this, but I will. Okay. Oh, I mean, that's I'll basically what that tweet said. Oh. That's basically what the tweet said is we don't like to comment on this, but this is what we've got, we're going to say about it, which was crazy in the first place. But I, I think Jeff's right. You know, you, you've got sponsors. Um, what's their renewal date? And what's Kurt's renewal date? You hate to sign up a driver and then not have something to go with it because then you've put your company in a box. This is a four-car team. Uh, so Stuart Haas would have put their company in a box by committing to Kurt Busch and then not having the finances to go along with it. So I, I think there's so many things in play that we don't know about, that, that we don't know. And, and I do think a lot of times um, this is a funny game, and thank goodness you're in it now and we're out of it. Uh, it's a funny game where things are released um, just as in the briefing room in D.C., just to get a reaction. And how do you know that this is not something to get that sponsor off dead center and say, we're back, or to make a better deal over here or to do something here? There's so much gamemanship, gamesmanship that's going on. Uh, that could be part of it as the reason that it's released, that we're even hearing about it. Yeah, you know, Gene Haas several years ago said, I want you. I yeah, want right. Kurt Busch, and I'm going to figure out how to make that happen. And... I, so I can't believe something's changed where he still doesn't want him. But if you look at what Gene Haas has done this year, you know, and last year is F1 team, you right. know, that is that is a Haas automotive yeah. that's funded from Haas. Then if you look at, uh, you've seen Haas on the side of the 14 car, you've seen Haas, you know, so he's he's spread a little bit thinner than perhaps right. he thought he was going to be. And I, I just can't imagine that that doesn't have something to do with this. Well, it seems like this silly season is as silly as it's ever been, at least since I've been around the sport. Ryan, how nice for you to not be a part of it and just go, have at it, boys. I know where I'm going next year. If, if you want to comment on this, you can. You can make a comment. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. We needed to keep you out. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's nothing I, I don't really want to comment on that. It's something that, uh, you know, is none of my business uh, whatsoever. But it's nice to finally get out uh, the 12-car, you know, announcement that we're yeah. going to go and, and start a third team over it. In the Penske shop, you know, the, the Wood Brothers and Penske had a really, we still do, have a great relationship with each other with cars, technology, 
resources. Um, that's been that's been really special. And uh, but the Pensy organization have wanted to start up a third team in house for uh, a long time now, and uh, it's been really nice to kind of be part of that process ever since 2012 and, and slowly work at it. And I can't thank the Wood Brothers enough for letting me drive their car the past two and a half years. And uh, that's been really special to me. I'm really excited to keep them over uh, with the strong alliance with the Penske yeah. group. And I think Paul Menard is going to do a great job for those guys over there. Uh, but I'm excited to close out the year with the, with the 21 team, being in the playoffs and seeing how far we can go. But it's nice to have that all out there to where you're not kind of dodging every single question that you get. That's pretty awesome. Drove for Wood Brothers, right? Historic NASCAR. You're driving for Penske, historic in NASCAR, but also in IndyCar and other forms of racing. I mean, you're hitting the top, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's uh, not many people that, you know, I, I idolize very much, and, and those are definitely a, a couple groups and people that I idolized as a kid. Watched my dad race. Uh, when I grew up in the garage area, you always would notice the, the 21 and then all the Penske cars that they yeah. have had, whether it was the, you know, the 212 or 77 at the time. Uh, it was really special to me, and um, I still, honestly, I still get nervous talking to Roger. <laughs> Anytime he walks in the building, I still get very nervous, but uh, I've been able to drive for some great people and, and get some great opportunities. Got to be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm 57. I've known him since <laughs> I was 12 years old. I still get nervous when he walks in a yeah. room, so I don't think that ever goes away. Yeah. You nervous talking yeah. to the king? No. He's, he's just a king, dude. He's the king. I'm okay with that one. The king, but not, but not the captain. Well, this year NASCAR imposed some limits on cup drivers driving in lower-tiered series, and now they've just announced today that they're going to take those limits even further starting in 2018. Next year, drivers with at least five years of cup experience will be limited to seven Xfinity Series races and five Camping World Truck Series races. Also, the new limits will bar any driver from earning or any driver who is earning Cup Series points from the regular season finale and all playoff races in both Xfinity and Trucks, plus the Xfinity Dash for Cash races. Cal Bush, who's had a lot of success in the lower levels, talked about those changes today on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. I, I get the picture from when I last ran an Xfinity Series race, I think it was in March, to when I ran another Xfinity Series race, which was just a few weeks ago, uh, Kentucky, I believe it was. Like, I skipped three months of races. There were nine races in that time. You had one race won by a Xfinity Series regular, so it didn't change a damn thing by eliminating the races that Cup drivers can run. If we all get together this off season and pick and choose our races around each other's schedules, we can still screw it up as much as we want to screw it up and piss everybody off. So I wouldn't be so certain that that might not happen. <laughs> Sounds like Kyle Busch, uh, Ryan. You're fresh out of the Xfinity Series and obviously still race there a bit part time. What do you make of of those comments and the new rules? Yeah, I mean NASCAR's obviously implementing a rule and, and they put it in place this year, which is limiting cup drivers to run it. Um, and now they're obviously cutting back even more, which I think is good and bad. I enjoyed running with a lot of cup drivers when I first started in the trucks or Xfinity cars, just because the experience that you get uh, is second to none. Yeah. When I got to race against Kyle Busch or, or Keselowski or Joey Logano, uh, Kevin Harvick, whenever they come down there, it was, it was really helpful to me uh, just to, to talk to them, number one, when you're a young kid. Uh, to practice with them and be able to race behind them uh, and just learn what they do. Uh, that was that was very uh, influential to me. So I get that we have to bring newer kids in, uh, younger drivers, and, and it's, it's tough to do that when you have a bunch of cup drivers running every single race. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like you have to have a healthy balance of cup drivers because that's a lot of the sponsorship driven in those series is they want a, a, a cup driver in those cars. And um, I don't think you can come out completely 
but I think if you do limit it, uh, I feel like it'd be better off to give younger drivers trying to break into a sport a chance uh, with good cars. Look at Ryan Priest. You know, Ryan Priest won the Iowa race in the 20 car uh, that's usually occupied by Eric Jones or another cup driver. Uh, he would never have gotten that shot, I don't think, if they cut the races back. So that is a good instance in where that worked out to where someone like that who's worked really hard, gets a great opportunity and capitalize on it. Uh, I feel like that is, uh, is pretty neat. What do you yeah. Well, the concern I have is, is, you know, there's a lot of series that don't have cup drivers in them. Right. And you can go and race and race against people of, of your caliber and you can be the, the big dog, right? Yeah. But does that get you to the Xfinity Series? Does that get you to the Cup Series? The, having the Cup drivers in those series, and when you can beat them, well, now people can truly say, I know that guy can race with the best. And okay. so the negative is that you're going to take some of those opportunities away, even more take those opportunities away from being able to show Eric Jones what you did that, hey, I can beat them. And my perspective is, that's the only reason I ever got a job in Cup. Because every now and then, I could run with Mark Martin. Right. Every now and then, I could run with Harry Gant. And so, Billy, Billy and Mickey Savola said, we think that guy might could do it. And if I was running in the ARCA series, I'd have never got that shot. And that's nothing against ARCA, it's just that you weren't competing against yeah. the Cup guys. Yeah. So, it's a double-edged sword. You have to have those guys uh, to be able to gauge what you can do against them. The fact that you could run with them immediately, you could say, hey, that, that kid can get it done. And so I, I, I see both sides of it, but you, you, I still believe you have to have them in the series no, because yeah. it what makes the series special. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I can go either way. Uh, I, I really can um, because I grew up watching this series when it was Sam Ard and, and Jack Ingram and Tommy Houston and Tommy Ellis and guys like that. They made a living there. And if you could come in and run with those guys, by God, you could run with Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Richard Petty and David Pearson because those guys were just as good. They just chose to live in that series and be that series. Um, so it, it's, it's, the model's changed. Uh, I do love what you say. When you play against better people, you get better. They make you better. What I would like to see, I, I like what NASCAR's done by taking them out of the playoffs so there's no... They can't yep. skew the playoff system at all, period. Yep. Taking wins, in, I do like that. What I'd like to see is every time that Kyle Busch wins a race, that Joe Gibbs has to put a Ryan Priest in the car for one race. Has to put an up-and-coming driver in a car to balance that, to give some young guys a shot. You know what I mean? You talk about the sponsorship. I'm all over the sponsorship. I understand Kyle Busch brings a sponsorship, but let's play off of a Kyle Busch. Let's play off of a, of a Joey LeBron, uh Joey Logano. Let's play off of a Ryan Blaney. Right. And when a cup guy wins an Xfinity race, now let's take a younger driver and put him in that same car and let's see what he can do in that car. And that balances it back out a little bit. And, and, and when, you put, when you put a Kyle Busch in a Joe Gibbs car, that's a potent... I mean, that yeah. is <laughs> difficult to beat, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... And I think that's a, that's a big difference. I mean, you would rather drive an Xfinity car for Roger Penske mm -hmm. than a guy that has three cars in somewhere in Virginia that doesn't have support with it from engineering. And, you know, that's changed the game as well. I, I agree with that uh, 100%. But um, it's just nice to get kids opportunities. You know, we, we would never be sitting yeah. here if it wasn't. I like what you said, too, of when you can go out and beat the best drivers, which are in Cup at the time, and if they can run that series and beat them. Look at William Byron. He won Indy and held right. off. Couple cup guys to do it, and that stands out yeah. for sure. So yes, it does. Uh, NASCAR's trying to balance it out for the better, and, and I think they're on the right path of totally not cutting everybody out. Because honestly, these teams like the Penske Group and Gibbs Group, they're going to find the way to get their cup drivers in yeah. their cars. 
but it still opens it up for younger drivers. That's right. All right, well, a reminder to all of our viewers watching at home that if you want to get in on this conversation, you can ask Ryan Blaney a question yourself. Send it in using the hashtag AskRyan. All right, we look forward to getting some of those answers for you later in the show. All right, before Ryan Blaney came along, his family had been going fast for generations. When NASCAR America returns, we'll focus on Ryan's racing roots. To say they run deep is an understatement. Stay tuned. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for one full year. Welcome back to NASCAR America, live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Ryan Blaney was born on New Year's Eve in 1993 in the great state of Ohio. And then he notched his first K&N Series victory at Phoenix back in November 2011. The next year, he scored his first Truck Series win at Iowa Speedway. And in the fall of 2013, he took the checkered flag at Kentucky for his first Xfinity win. And this past June, he conquered the Tricky Triangle for his first ever Cup victory. Coming through turn four, Ryan into Blaney. the front stretch. The 29 of Ryan Blaney will win the race at Iowa. You just saw the youngest winner in Camping World Truck Series history make it back to the checkered flag. And that was one proud papa standing there in the pits too. That is just amazing. All right, well, Ryan Blaney, of course, has done his share of winning. Maybe that comes as no surprise. After all, you come from legends of motorsport between your grandfather, Lou, your father, Dave, Uncle Dale. What was it like growing up with the last name Blaney? Well, it was pretty neat. You know, I, my father was actually just getting out of sprint cars and everything like that. Um, when I was really growing up and was able to understand racing, he was already into the NASCAR side. By the time I can really remember and understand race cars and what it's all about. but. Uh, anytime I go back to Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, that area is, is always very special to hear about. You know, my father, when he used to race sprint cars, my uncle Dale, uh, my grandfather, Lou. Uh, that part is, is really special to me to go back up there and, and really learn of what they used to do back in the day and, and, you know, how many times they used to race and how dominant, you know, my grandfather was in, in dirt modifieds. So that, uh, that's always really special. That's why I try to make it up there as much as I can. But it's been a, a lot of fun, been really privileged to. I have a great family who's been in racing for a long time, and uh, to still have my dad at the racetrack nowadays is, uh, is definitely a bonus. Yeah, I'm sure he's one proud papa. Mm -hmm. One proud papa. We talk a lot about the sprint car racing, and I think all of us kind of realized we weren't really, we didn't really know exactly your path. Yeah. To, it's like all of a sudden one day you were on the scene winning races in NASCAR, and it was kind of like, where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, I, I get asked that question a lot of, of how much dirt racing I did, and to be honest with you, I didn't do a lot. I, yeah. I did very, very minimal. Uh, I maybe raced a, a dirt sprint car a couple times and, and tested my dad's sprint car. So he built sprint cars and uh, I would test them a little bit before I got with the Penske group and then they kind of shut that down. I couldn't know, test anymore <laughs> or anything like that. And, uh, and then I, you know, I was really an asphalt late model driver uh, for a long time doing the, uh, the past tour and CRA. Uh, so that, that really got me my roots, but everyone always thinks I, I grew up dirt racing sprint yeah. cars and I, <laughs> I didn't. I'm not that cool, I guess. I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in the sprint car world. He is that and, cool. And uh, <laughs> I didn't do what my dad or, or, or family did. I, I started on asphalt and stayed there. So I remember, you, I remember watching you run quarter midgets. You run quarter midgets, and then you'd also run some, some Bandolero Legend car stuff. You kind of flop, you know, go back and forth. I, 
I remember you running the, the, the quarter midget grands races, which is the, mm-hmm. it's the biggest race of the year. There'll be a thousand carts there. Yeah. And uh, was that your first start? And, and at what age was that? Yeah, so I started in quarter midgets, which are, are great cars. Uh, if you're thinking about starting a kid in racing, I suggest that. Uh, but Bobby Labonte built a great racetrack in Salisbury, North Carolina. That's really where we ran weekly. But my first ever quarter midget race was actually at the Pocono Dirt Track. Oh, yeah. Right outside there. And I was eight years old. And uh, we, we ran there for, you know, really every year for maybe two or three years. We, we would always go back there. Um, but I, I, like you said, I did a bunch of quarter midget stuff probably till I was 11 or 12 while doing bandoleros and legend cars. And, and then when I started late models around 13, uh, you know, you just work your way up. But uh, it was definitely neat getting getting started and then having a, a racetrack really close to home where we could go week in and week out and then like I said, travel to the Grands, which are always just gigantic races. And uh, to win a couple of those, are, you mean a lot, especially as a kid. It teaches you, you know, the amount of competition that's out there all around the country that come to this one central location. So it's definitely been a lot of fun driving a bunch of race cars. I've, uh, I've had a, a great time doing that and learning about them because they're all different of how you drive them or set them up. Uh, and I think that's just... You put that in your memory bank for the future. You know, you talked about the sprint car thing. And your granddad, your uncle, your dad, legends. I mean, as when I was growing up, I knew about your granddad. I knew about um, and followed your uncle and your dad and Speed Sport News. That was it right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Out sideways to getting it done. <laughs> um, you chose a different route. How much has that history of the Blaney family in motorsports, and I'm just going to say motorsports, how much have you drawn on that, that what your dad did, what your uncle did, what your granddad did, as you teamed with another legendary group, the Wood Brothers? Well, I think that's what make, made the relationship between the Wood Brothers and my family really special right off the bat is because, really, we were just racers. That's all we knew. You know, you guys know you come from a family of racers, and uh, that's all you know. First memory is at a racetrack, and, and that's where you were every single weekend. That's where you made all your friends. Yeah. Uh, made some enemies ever since you grew up um, and, and learned, you know, the in and outs of the sport from not only being on the racetrack, but, you know, how everything works on the race shop and, and how what it takes to put a car together and get it to the racetrack. And uh, I feel like, you know, having that tie in with the Wood Brothers made it uh, really special from the get go and really made us bond very well and, and get to know their family uh, was definitely very neat. But I do think that played a big role in it. So, I thought the oh, pressure, sorry. sorry, the pressure of, of having a name that's synonymous with motorsports. Obviously, Kyle, Kyle experienced a similar childhood. Yeah, I, you know, people always bring that pressure word up, and, and I don't really ever feel that, that pressure with a name. You know, I, I don't think, you know, you're your own person. Uh, you can have a, a last name, but at the end of the day, you make your own decisions, uh, whether it's if you want to race or if you want to go do something else, uh, decisions you make on the racetrack. So, I really just felt it as a really great opportunity to meet some some great folks along the way, and and my dad had amazing relationships with a bunch of people, yeah. and you know that played a big role in in getting with Brad's truck team, and then getting to the Penske Group, and now Wood Brothers, now back to Penske. He played a, played a really big role in that, and uh, you know that part has been really special to to know how much work he put in uh, to get me to a level to where you know we have a shot at it, and and luckily we we're able to capitalize on those opportunities and, and get to where we are now. So, so what role does your dad play today? You said he's at, still comes at a racetrack. So how does, does he still help you today or does he, does he stand to the side? It's back and forth. He's kind of backed off a little bit. So when I first got started in trucks and K&N cars or, or really any series, but especially NASCAR, uh, he was you know, the first one in my ear, first one in the window net. Uh, it was always 
constructive criticism, right? You know that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think any type of, of criticism is good. Yes. You know, you, you, I don't want anyone to sugarcoat anything and say, oh, you're doing great when you're half a second off the yes. pace. I, I want, just tell me how it is, and then I'll go do my best to fix it. And I, that's the way he is, and that's what I prefer for him to do. And I've been lucky to have that from day one. Uh, teaching me things, not only about racing, but about race cars and, and just how everything works. Uh, and even today, he's standing in the corner. He'll ask me before practice, he said, hey, do you want me to stand in one and two or three and four? And I'll tell him where to go, and he'll, he'll be the first one in the window net after the first two runs and, and just give me a phone, and it has what he thinks on it. And uh, I always use his advice. Yeah. You know, I'm never going to you know, throw that to the side. It's always helpful because he's been through it all. And, uh, I really appreciate his support. He'll be in Watkins Glen, a place I need help desperately. Uh, so he'll be able to, to teach me something. Uh, turn, one, <laughs> turn one through 11. I'm just going to walk all the way through. But uh, no, I'm super, super lucky to have someone like that that I can talk to easily and uh, can always help me along the way. Hey, I want to ask you this, and, and staying in the family thing, your mom and your sisters, they seem to be the ryan blaney fan club i mean kenny wallace and i used to follow your sister and stuff on twitter and he was like look what she tweeted here and then, yeah. i mean she's hilarious she is hilarious yeah she's something else um <laughs> i have two sisters uh, emma's 26 and, and the younger one is uh, aaron who's 20 who goes to alabama which i don't really know how i feel about that but um <laughs> she betrayed the buckeye family but uh you know, they've been super supportive of me uh my mother and two sisters they've been my biggest fans like yeah. you said ever since I got started racing. Uh, and they're always the ones to kind of be there if, if things go bad. You know, they're always kind of the, the shoulder you can you know, lean on, uh, which has always been nice. And, and they've always wanted to you know, push myself, but at the same time know my limits, which I think is great. And, and that's what you know, great siblings and, yeah. and mothers do. Uh, so it's kind of two opposites. My dad is, you know, the kind of the cold shoulder, you know, will tell it to you how it is. And my mom kind of sugarcoats everything. I think that mixture is, is pretty good for me personally, but uh, you know, they're, they're great. And I couldn't yeah. ask for a better group of people and a family. Uh, and even my, my grandmother is still, uh, is still around oh. and, and she's able to, to really help out and come to some races, which is uh, really special too. Now, your oldest sister, she raced for a while, didn't she? Didn't she race quarter minutes for a little bit? Both of them did. So Emma and Aaron raced quarter minutes uh, for a while. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Aaron might have been the most talented one out of all of us, my younger sister. And she got in a couple bad wrecks and she hung it up. Uh, but no, they both, they both so raced. she's smart. She's very smart, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, she's very smart. She went to go uh, do gymnastics in school, but, um, which is way more exciting than what we do. But uh, no, they raced, they were, they were really good. And it just got time to where you wanted to move up yeah. and they didn't want to take that step. Uh, which is good because it allowed me to race <laughs> uh, really whatever I wanted. Well, I love that, though, that the family didn't limit yes. it just, just to the boys growing up in the family. All right, well, it was a famous line delivered by Will Ferrell in uh, the instant classic Anchorman, and Ryan has since turned that phrase into the one, one of the most entertaining podcasts by an athlete. Coming up on NASCAR America, we will delve into Glass Case of Emotion.
NASCAR doubleheader on NBCSN from the road course in Watkins Glen, New York. Saturday at 2 Eastern, it's the Xfinity Series. Then Sunday, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series as the race for the playoffs picks up that Sunday, 3 Eastern on NBCSN. All right, revisiting our news of the day, according to Nate Ryan, Stuart Haas Racing will not pick up the option on Daytona 500 champion Kurt Busch's contract for the 2018 season. The team had until midnight today to do so. Bush joins Matt Kenseth as former Cup Series champions without a ride for next year. NBC Sports reached out to Stuart Haas Racing. The organization declined to comment. Also, NASCAR has announced stricter limits for next season on Cup Series drivers racing lower-level events. Drivers with at least five years of Cup Series experience will be limited to seven Xfinity Series races and five Camping World Truck Series races. Now, NASCAR's new generation has certainly left its mark on the track this season. Ryan Blaney, of course, is part of that movement as we saw him pick up his first win at Pocono. And then there's another driver, other young drivers. I really feel like um, have really started to shine through. Some of them I feel like you may be friends with both on and off the track. Maybe some of them um, strictly rivals. Hopefully. What am I missing here? I know. What are we, what are we missing? We're a missing something. A little surprise oh, is joining man. us for the driver's meeting. He told Get me he was going to be Bubba. here, and I was wondering where he was. All right, we're going on. Hey, what's up? It's good to see y'all. You and He's here and he's here for the driver's meeting also to do a bit of hair and makeup. Is this mine? Did you hear that? Bubba looks at his coat and says, is this mine? He's worn mine before. Awesome. Well, we're going to have all these guys sit down for the driver's meeting coming up. Stay with us here on NASCAR America. Welcome back to NASCAR America, live at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. It's time now for a very special driver's, driver's meeting. I'll turn it over to Kyle, Bubba, Ryan, and Jeff. All right, this is going to be good. Um, and she's just like, let us go wherever we want to go. But here's where I want to go. We're standing over here in front of Glenwood Spire. Um, Glenwood, Leonard Woods is in here somewhere. Yeah, I think he's right, yeah, over, right over here. So you had an opportunity, Glenn and Leonard. You, my man, had an opportunity with my dad and Inman. Mm -hmm. Two young guys working with Hall of Famers are just hanging out with them. How's it been for you, and what was that like for you? Well, it's been great. Uh, you know, I talked about it before, but uh, being able to get to know the Wood family, uh, from Eddie and Len to then the original two, Glenn and Leonard, yeah. has been really special to me and because uh, I grew up in a racing family as well, and I always noticed the 21 car, no matter who was driving it. Uh, and then you obviously get into the history of it all and, and what greats have driven for them, and... It's just really special uh, to get to know their family and, and hear those great stories of what it used to be like and then what it's evolved to now. It's kind of incredible to kind of hear that yeah. evolution. Uh, and then I got to start next to him in his first start at Pocono when he drove we uh, the 43 car. Other. You were kind of way up there, but. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remind me of an old married couple. I know, uh, I know. I'd rather take that. I'd rather take that. But uh, to back up what Ryan said, it's, it's cool to to see him in the 21 and to get my shot in the iconic 43 and the two iconic cars on a racetrack yeah. was pretty special. So my first start was his first win. And I flew up to Pocono just for him this past weekend and he didn't get it done. So I guess I'm not the good luck charm after all. I don't know. <laughs> well, we got to get you in a car. We got to yeah, get you yeah, in a that's, 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 that's what it was. That's, that's what it was. So we'll work on that. Yeah, you yeah. need to be out there. Yes. That, that's true. So, so did you, if you ever made a mistake in the few races you drove for Petty, did Inman ever grab you? 
and put that death ball time. on you? If, if it was, yes, that little pinch that right little here. Pinch yes. right there. Oh, yes. yeah. Every time. He did it to me this past week, and I won't even drive it for him. <laughs> so where did you guys meet? I mean, you guys are yeah. obviously really good friends. Do some really fun social media stuff, some crazy social media stuff. Where did y'all meet? It was actually a swipe right on Tinder. And that's, how, <laughs> that's how we met. <laughs> I think that's the right. Wait a minute, he told us a story. No, that's a whole nother story. Oh, that's about that's girl, and that's enough. That's oh. enough. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I had no idea you were doing it there. But I think we started racing together in, in Bandoleros, actually. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Was it the Summer Shootout? Summer Shootout, yeah. So uh, you were Charlotte Racetrack? 12, 13? No, we were 10. Okay. Yeah, yep. Probably okay. 9 or 10, and, and we were racing the Summer Shootout together. and. Uh, we raced at Nashville Fairgrounds a, a handful of times together too, and, and then we moved to Legend Cars, and then we kind of split actually. Uh, he went to race uh, late model stocks, and then I went to the past tour, racing yeah. super late models, and uh, and then we got back together when we did a little bit of K&N stuff, uh, and then the truck series, and then we've been you know, kind of together ever since. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. How tough is it to be friends when you're as competitive as you are? When I grew up, we weren't friends with anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I say it all the time. You think Richard Petty ever called Kelly Yarber and apologized for beating him? No, no. wasn't going to happen. So, I mean, it's a different time. How tough is it to stay friends? It's, it's pretty tough. I mean, we've had our run-ins. Our last run-in was Kentucky in 2013, I believe. Uh, or 2014 in Michigan. Mine. Was that 14 or 13? He wrecked me the first lap at... At Michigan, Michigan in 2014. Friends never forget. Cost me the championship. Cost me the championship. Yeah. But we've had our run-ins, but from there on out, we race each other in a in a hard, good way. Like, yeah. you know when we're around each other. Now that we're in the cup level, it's a little bit different. Like, yeah. you know, you take a little bit more serious there. But if it's an Xfinity race, he's going to side draft the hell out of me and get me sideways. <laughs> I'm going to do the same. But it's, it's, it's fun. You know, we can... We can have, have some fun off and away from the racetrack and then still have a little bit of fun on the racetrack, yeah. too. Well, it's all about balancing, right? That's what yeah. I talked about earlier. It's about balancing, you know, work and play or, or friends and foes uh, or your friends and competitors. Uh, you got to know when to, to go. And, and, you know, obviously you're not going to have any friends on the racetrack when it comes down to the end of a race or a win. But I personally have always had the mindset of I'd rather have more friends than enemies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, that's in anything, on the racetrack or in life. So uh, if I can have, you know, you don't have to be close personal friends, but if we're friendly together, and you know, I've been lucky to, to grow up with some people I'm racing against now with Bubba and Chase that you know, you're good friends with, uh, so they definitely, maybe you cut them a break, but at the same time, you kind of race them the hardest out of anybody. Yeah. So it's a, it's a scale, but I feel like we balance it pretty well. Let me ask one. Okay, so listen, this is NASCAR. It's country music. Where did the music thing come from, man? You're a, you're a great drummer. You are, you are serious. Thanks. The singing thing that doesn't sound George I like Jones. That. I love it. No, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying I don't. I don't. I, don't, I just. It's just not like uh, Darius Rucker. It's just not Conway Twitty. I mean, it's just not country, dude. I can't. I can't do that. I just. I can't do it. That's the only thing I'm good at. Is, is doing whatever that is. I yeah. do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what you call it. But, where does it uh, come from, though? I mean, how did you realize this is something we can do? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where it comes from. Right. Yeah. But how, how did you realize this is something we we can just like play and have fun? And, and um, it's cool. I got into heavy metal stuff when I was about seventh grade. Like the stuff I listen to now is about seventh grade, and you know, getting to know him more. We like the same, some of the same bands, um, like Slipknot. Everybody knows who Slipknot yeah. is, and and uh, since oh we, yeah, we all know. Yeah, you, you know, know, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> um, 
And and then as we got to you know grow closer together, and I was like, hey, let's go check out this concert. And he was kind of downplaying it at first. And he's like, ah, it's too heavy for me. And next thing you know, he, we go to this concert, and he doesn't really say much. He's he enjoys it. And then the next week, he's like, so yeah, did you hear this new album that come out by these guys? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I got you hooked on it. So I don't know where it came from. It just happened to pop up on YouTube one day, and I got hooked on it. Yeah. So no. quick poll in the NASCAR Hall of Fame: How many people know Slipknot? One. We got one. Yeah, we, we got, got one. one. Oh, stop. One out of 75 two, yes. on there. Oh, he, okay, he just joined two. in so he'd fit in. Yeah. That's all. That's, yeah. There's only one. There's only yeah. one. Better than zero, to be honest. Yeah, yeah true. Zero. We're true. making progress. So, true. so um, I don't want to put you on the spot. You came down here to be, but any, any news coming? Anything happening? Uh, not yet. We're working on some stuff. We got, we got some uh, good things turning for us. Uh, it's just a matter of timing. Um, it's still... I wouldn't say early, but it's 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 early in the process of, of what we got going on. Uh, silly season is is in a huge effect this year. Uh, they just announced that 41 ride open, so um, we're making phone calls, we're making text messages, sending letters, handwritten letters, back in the old times, signing yeah. my signature there. We're trying to do anything we can to uh, seal the deal. So as young drivers, not not big pitchers, state of the sport, not that. But what do you guys feel about opportunities for young drivers now? I mean, how, what if? If compared to where your dad was and where your yeah. dad was, yeah. it's different. So what do totally you? What's different. your perspective? I I got uh, one take on this. You know, congrats to Ryan Priest uh, and winning that race this weekend in Iowa. That was that was awesome to see. See how much heart and passion and racing against him and knowing where he come from, the modified background. He won that race, but at the same time, you're like, what's next? Yes, that's it. We've all said the same thing. Yeah, that's it. Like he's probably on the phone with Coach and hey, thanks for driving our car. Have a nice day. That's that's the tough part about it. So, uh, but he did a hell of a job. He definitely made a name for himself. That's what the Xfinity Series is about. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit different nowadays. You see a lot younger people get opportunities. Uh, you can race in the Truck Series now at what 16. Yeah, uh, and that, that's that's incredible. You know, to race a, a truck at 16. Granted, it's not a mile and a half. You have to wait till you're 18 for that. But just to get that experience and and be in one of the trucks and at these racetracks where NASCAR performs at and goes to, uh, that's experience that you can't you, know, you can never ask for my dad didn't get a start in race until he was you know i think 39 or something he was he was very old at uh, that time it was normal i guess right yeah. where when you started and and he was obviously racing other things but uh, to think of you know 20 plus years younger yeah. before he gets started yeah, in nascar yeah. from when my dad did yeah. uh, it's just a, a huge difference and you know if you get started at my dad's age now you're only going to be in it not very long yeah. my dad stayed in it for a very long time so uh, it's definitely different I think you see a lot younger drivers get opportunities, which is which is always nice to see. But um, you know, there's a lot of rookies right now in the Cup Series that have are you know, getting rides and, and things like that. And I think you know anything's possible. You just got to prove yourself in, in the trucks and Xfinity cars, and you never know what kind of shot you can get. Well, it's definitely examples of it working. I mean, if you look at you look at Eric Jones, you look at yourself. Uh, you've had an opportunity. It hasn't the deal hadn't gotten closed, but you had an opportunity, and you guys didn't bring money to the table. Yeah. You know, you guys did it the traditional way and so i you know it appears to me there's still an opportunity but with less teams it's harder and less you know it's and, and there are less teams than there were 15 years ago yeah i think one thing that's hard too is you get so fixated on on the guys that are are, are current in time yeah. uh, the veterans that are in time and, and when, when deals are up the sponsors want the veterans they can run good they they've been in the sport for a long time and it's like well, we're trying to become that veteran, and that's just that little breakthrough that some of us struggle with. Well, it goes in cycles. Yeah, it does. And, and, and so yeah. 
the, the good news for you, and part of the reason that you're in your deal is because young drivers have been successful. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I watched my brother get in a situation where he, you know, didn't really have a ride because he was the age that he was. And then I got in that situation. You got yeah. in that situation. So young drivers having success opens doors for other young drivers. Yeah. And, right. mm -hmm. and so that is, that's the positive. And, I, and there are some rides available. So right. uh, you've got a great ride, and hopefully you can get one as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, now, listen, we can stand here and ask questions all day. Inquiring minds want to know. Ask him something that we don't know. This is your this is your opportunity, man. I mean, we're yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, I mean, don't ask Jeff anything. We are yeah. on live TV, too, yeah, by the way. Yeah. I know, but that, I, and, that's and like, payback can be. I mean, so I, I want know. you to think about it. But I'm, I'm that's just. That's one of those questions is like. Give us a story. I mean, tell, I don't know about myself, myself or I know that, I'm, that people don't know. It's like, oh, man, I had that 10 minutes ago yeah. when I wasn't asked that. Yeah. Oh, I got to keep it well, what about story? Get him to tell us a story or something that you know about. That well, let's we go. Don't. Okay, here we go. Let's go back to the Bandolero days since I always oh, I tell it. Nashville. Tell <laughs> about Nashville. So this guy cheated a lot in Bandolero. <laughs> Never got caught. And so we all knows. know he cheats a lot in anything, and especially Bandoleros back in the day. Legend cars, late models, whatever. Uh, trucks when he won a bunch of races, whatever. So... <laughs> Eldora, he had trash control. It's fine. <laughs> so... so, so we're racing Bandoleros at Nashville Fairgrounds, and uh, there's a little track you know, on the front stretch or whatever, and he's, uh, he's dominating this race, just dominating. And I think I'm running third. I might have got second. Yeah, I got second. And, I mean, he's oh, maybe half a lap, a little bit less ahead of everybody. Eh, half a lap. We'll go half a lap. Makes me feel better if you're only half a lap. <laughs> and he blows up. Taking the white flag. Now, Bandolero motors don't blow up, ever, unless you're turning them things five grand, which those things don't turn. So he blows up, and I pass him at the line, I mean, by two feet. So it might have been three-quarters of the racetrack here ahead. <laughs> it took me all that time to get to you. And they end up DQing me and giving him the win. I don't know why they DQed yeah. me. I can't Who's remember. the one cheating? Uh, well, I think it was your air cleaner or something. Yeah, I don't really know. I know you had a button on the dash that just puffed out white smoke or blew up your motor. Don't. Play with me. I swear. I know. Pass Brandon, me at the line, taking the checkered by a fender, and he ends up getting DQ. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pumped up. We won this race. You're not expected to win because those are the most exciting ones. We're not expected to win. One of the best yeah. drivers, yeah, arguably, and <laughs> one of the best cheaters. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, then I get the win taken away from me. So that uh, that stunk. I think he got a guitar. And, no, uh, not that one. No. Mm -mm. Well, that was for the next anyway. One. So, it's still debatable. Right. What happened to your legend car career too? I don't know. I quit that. Um, you quit that or got suspended indefinitely for that? No, not as, only. Cheating. I only got suspended one year. Oh, my God. Okay. And then okay. we quit. There's so, Because uh, it, was, it was. Only one year. It was, it was lies. <laughs> okay, Kelly, we're going to take this and we're going to go down to the bar. You finish up the show, but we're going to have a lot more stories when we come back. So you're going to have All to right. save us on All this. All right. I got this. You guys aren't off the hook yet, though, because we've got more fun coming up with Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace, including your fan questions. Hey, maybe we'll even find out when these two are going to go on tour with their metal act. NASCAR America keeps on rocking next. NASCAR America is brought to you by new Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for one full year. Welcome back to NASCAR America, live from the NASCAR Hall of Fame here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Immediately following NASCAR America, it's the NASCAR, the decades, the 1970s. Take a trip back in time and witness some of the sport's golden moments, epic finishes, and colorful characters. NASCAR, the decades, the 1970s, coming up 
at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. All right, so coming up, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace are going to be taking some of the questions asked by the NASCAR fan universe. That's coming up. get straight to some of your questions it's from Twitter. It's not that angry. I know, okay, I'm misinterpreting it. I get it. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. All right. The what NASCAR the, the That's an emotional song. It says, I love everybody. We're one big all right, we got to get to the fan questions. Here's the first one from at the NASCARly. Did you nerd out when you met Kylo Ren on the set of Logan Lucky? I actually didn't meet him. Uh, okay. I didn't, uh, Adam Driver was not uh, was not on set, uh, which is uh, which is highly unfortunate. But I'm going to see uh, the movie tonight, which I'm really excited for. Uh, Logan Lucky. It comes out August 18th. And it was really fun to uh, have my one-liner. That was uh, that was pretty neat, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that movie. But I did meet Daisy Ridley from Star Wars. I know, I'm sure mm. you geeked and out that then. And that was, uh, I did geek out then, <laughs> yes. And I forgot my ring, too, when I met her. Shoot. My wedding ring for her. No, there's no, that was a joke, and no one got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Next time. Next time. By the way, Ryan plays the part of delivery boy, right? And Logan Lucky, yes. that was your official. All right. All right. Next boy. up, Alex Keith wants to know one word to describe Bubba. Uh, I go. What? Would you say? I go sockless. Sockless? <laughs> I'd go. He's going to say sweaty. I like that. I was going to go sweaty. I'm sweating already. <laughs> That's sweating. why his things I button. Uh, yeah, showing button. off. And yeah. his shirt's untucked. Yes. Next one. Yes. How do you deal with living and racing when your neighbor and house owner is Dale, Ju Dale Jr.? <laughs> yeah, that's been neat to live next to Dale. Uh, be able to, to go to his place and, and get to know him uh, very well because that's someone I looked up to a lot and still do look up to. Uh, but we had our run-ins a couple times on track in the beginning of the year, and that made it for a little bit uh, awkward for a little while. But we were able to work that out. But it's been it's been great to get to know him, especially in his last year. I know he's going to be around uh, around the sport a lot when he's done. Yes or yep. no? Would you dump Kozlowski for the championship at Homestead? Yes. Yes, I love it. All right, thank great you answer. so much to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Thanks to the viewers at home. We'll see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.